Gets a block, cuts it back. 40, 45, 50. He's oh, off to the races. Down the left sideline. To the 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Aaron Jones. Oh, what a play. This is the Quick Slants Podcast. Welcome back, Packers fans, to the Quick Slants podcast at Game On Wisconsin. I am Jason Perrone. I hope everybody is having a good week so far and a good summer. I know that I am. It's been exciting since everything launched a couple weeks ago. I know I get giddy and talk about it all the time, but it has been a blast. And the site continues to grow and the team continues to grow. So that is a really cool thing. So on that note, follow us if you're not following us already. You can find us on Twitter at at GameOnWI. We're on Instagram. Like our Facebook page, join our Facebook group, subscribe to our YouTube page. Did I just give you enough things to do right there? But honestly, all of that will probably take you less than a couple minutes. So we'd love to have you check in with us. And we will, of course, be checking in with you. We will have all of our live shows on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, wherever you choose to get your content, wherever it's easiest. If you're trying to sneak in a show while you're at work, we won't tell the boss. And the audio from all of our shows, of course, will be on your device wherever you find podcasts. So make sure that you're subscribed to Game On Wisconsin. So jumping into some Green Bay Packers talk for this week, I have, I've talked about the wide receiver position a few times before. And on the last Pack-A-Day episode I did with Mark Eckel and Paul Brettel, we each listed our surprise cut and keep Packers player for this year's roster. And both of mine were wide receivers. I said Reggie Begleton will stick and Jay Kumaro's days in Green Bay will come to an end. Now, as much as Brian Gutekunst has said he likes the receiver group, it has also not kept him from looking at other options over much of the past year. And, I mean, remember back that the reports that he was in on talks for Emmanuel Sanders, they brought in Devin Funches this past offseason, and the talk continued earlier this week with reports that the Packers were interested in former Seahawks receiver Malik Turner. Actually, it was first reported at the end of last week. Rob Domofsky of ESPN reported that Turner was in for a visit, and that was at the end of last week. Now, then on Monday, Domofsky reported that Gutekunst told him that NFL teams cannot have players in for a visit without a deal in place to sign them. So based on that, we should expect the Packers to announce that they're adding Turner at some point, unless... There's a failed physical or some other reason why it just doesn't end up happening. But for all intents and purposes, it sounds like there's at least a verbal agreement to add him to the team. So we'll keep an eye out for that. But again, here's another receiver the Packers have eyes on. They already have Malik Taylor, who's also a receiver. So that could get interesting if both these guys end up on the team, which is a long shot. You know, for those the time that those two might spend together on the field, that could could get really interesting. I, I guess more so for the crews calling the games, I suppose. You know, and, and, and Turner isn't meant to be a guy that's going to come in and shake everything up on the wide receiver group at this point right now. I mean, the top four spots, I, I've said, are pretty set. Devontae Adams, Alan Lazard, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Equinemius St. Brown, and then your fifth spot is going to be the fight with Kumaro, Reggie Begleton, you know, guys like Turner, some of the other guys on Taylor, some of the other guys fighting on the roster. Another wide receiver added to the fray here Monday. The the Packers claim former Lions receiver Travis Fulgham off of waivers from Detroit. He was a sixth rounder in 2019, but he spent much of the season on the practice squad. He appeared in three games last year, and he seems like the type of receiver the Packers will try and keep on their practice squad. 
Turner may end up being that guy too. He may end up being a practice squad guy as well. I think the Packers have to have contingency plans for these position that they need the most bodies at. You think about wide receiver, offensive line, cornerback, for example, areas where you might need some additional depth. And I think the Packers are going to take full advantage of that with the expanded practice squad this year as well. But neither of these guys, Fulgham or Turner, have much in the way of NFL experience. So this could just be the Packers taking a flyer on talent that they see right now. I, I don't I don't want to make it sound like, again, like these are huge moves and that Jake Kumaro or even, you know, if I'm being honest, Equinemia St. Brown or MVS should start worrying about their jobs. It's just the Packers continuing to make small moves to try and see what they might be able to add to the receiver room. And I think that's what the Packers should be doing. It's the, it's Brian Gutekunst's job and he's long done it. He's done it for a long time. Darius Shepard, you know, I don't want to forget him. He's another guy we shouldn't forget about. You know, can he bounce back after making the initial 2019 roster and then ending up on the practice squad after he struggled? Could be interesting. You know, I, I think back to that first game against the Lions, Monday Night Football, and it was just a nightmare game for Darius Shepard. And he just never recovered from that point forward, and, and he ended up on the practice squad the rest of the way. And he had the potential. He would the returnability, and, you know, who knows? If, if he pans out better as Tyler Irvin on this roster, I'd have to think probably not. So there's, there's always a trickle-down and a domino effect of some of those things. Green Bay certainly didn't ignore wide receiver in this past draft because of any of these guys that I'm talking about, you know, but again, to continue adding different guys to the mix tells us that they know that there's room for improvement in the wide receiver. And and that's what counts the most. And that's what makes the, the most sense here as far as what is doing, making sure that he's churning the roster and finding the best of what you can find. One of my arguments for Jake Kumaro not making this year's roster is he's the oldest receiver in the bunch. He doesn't have a dynamic physical skill set. The quarterback loves him, Aaron Rodgers. He runs good routes. He makes a big play every now and then, and he's got a great story, and he's a Wisconsin boy. So there's a lot of reasons why Packers fans love Jake and why they want him to stick on this team. The Packers always seem to have one or two guys that fall into this category. They're a little bit of a cult hero. You know, I think back to the days of Jared Aberderis when he was with the Packers. He had ties to the Badgers. You know, some of those guys, even Jeff Janis, who didn't have Wisconsin ties, but was certainly you know a big a big part of Packers lore, I guess I'll say. So you know, those those things count for something. But when it comes to the roster and the wide receiver position, the Packers have to put the best players that they can out there. This offense is looking to be more dynamic. And I just don't think dynamic when I think of Jake Kummerow. So that was kind of my thinking there. My thought on Reggie Begleton is, is that he's going to have to have a monster training camp, a preseason, and make a ton of noise. Is he going to do it? I don't know. I really don't know. He's not going to have any preseason games to show off his talent. And that could work against him. So my saying that Begleton's going to get the nod over Jake Kummerow is probably a, a pretty reachy thing that I'm I'm insinuating there. And if I was placing money on it, the odds would probably not be in my favor. This simply because the Packers are only going to have a limited number of practices to decide if they make that move. But Reggie Begleton, to me, seems he was so productive in Canada. He just seems like the type of guy the Packers might try to try to keep as well if he clears waivers and he doesn't get claimed by another team. So Gudikins. Also said something important this week when he was asked about the soon-to-be expiring contracts of a couple of big players on the Packers roster. And those two guys are Kenny Clark and David Bakhtiari. I talked about Kenny Clark in a recent show. Gudikin said the salary cap situation in the coming season is more complicated than it would be under normal circumstances. But 
the priorities that the Packers had back then before all this went down are still their top priorities now. Translation. We can expect both of these guys to be Green Bay Packers for a while. And they should. I mean, who doesn't want David Bakhtiari and Kenny Clark back? Maybe minus a few people for really interesting reasons that I'd love to hear argued in full. Kenny Clark was a guest on our Lombardi's Bar last week. If you haven't checked it out, go back and check it out. A great chat with the three guys there. Was kind enough to come on. He's now a friend of the Game on Wisconsin and a friend of Lombardi's Bar. It was was great of him to come by. While I'm talking about the show, because they're going to be back again later tonight, they have another big guest. This is the third week in a row. They have a big headliner joining them. This week, it's Swag Daddy himself. Packers running back Jamal Williams is in the bar talking to Dan, Jimmy, and Todd. And they had Joe Thomas a couple weeks ago. They've got Kenny Clark last week. And now Jamal Williams. I know that Joe Thomas is on his way to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Kenny Clark could be if he plays long enough and he dominates this long enough. And then we're, we're trying to get... Jamal Williams there. It's it's tough. It's tough when you're sharing time with, with Aaron Jones, which he's glad to do. But if it was the Dancing Hall of Fame, Jamal Williams is in there today. He's absolutely phenomenal. But so excited to have him on Lombardi's Bar. Get over and check that show out a little bit later today and enjoy the conversation with Jamal Williams. On the Mega Show a couple weeks ago, we talked to his trainer, Luke Neal. And Jamal actually made a small cameo on that show. It was kind of cool for a split second. So I just want to make sure the Lombardi's Bar guys know that this is not the first time Jamal Williams has appeared on our site. Thank you. But those guys are killing it lately. So just check out the show. That'll be at 7.30 Central Time. All right, back to Clark and Bakhtiari. So Kenny Clark, he's he's what you hope that your first rounder becomes when they get drafted. You know, earning the obvious second contract because he's become a dominant player in his position. And despite what the NFL players had to say about Clark in their top 100 voting, I talked about that already. You know how I feel about that. The league knows who he is, and opposing offensive lines are aware of who all week long as they're preparing to face the Packers. I guess that that kind of reminds me of a couple years ago. I, I worked at a hotel in the Twin Cities area for a while that happened to host several NFL teams throughout the season. And one of which had been the Packers prior to my arrival. And of course, the two years I was there, they didn't have the space to accommodate the team while it just happened to be the way the schedule worked out. But, you know, that's Murphy's Law coming down on me there. But I'd go into the meeting rooms after the team was done and they, they vacated. And sometimes they'd have an image of a formation or a player up on the screen that they were studying, which was kind of cool, you know, to kind of get a peek behind the curtain, get that insight into how a team prepare leading up to game day. And I, I'd have to imagine that if they're focusing on top players on the other team, that Kenny Clark is on a lot of LCD projectors during the week. You know, he had he had eight sacks and a forced fumble in 2019. And at one point late into the season last year, he had played more snaps than any other defensive tackle in the league. He's 24 years old. He's entering his fifth season already. There's no reason you don't find a way to keep this man on your... He has, if he's healthy, easily another four to five years of primetime football in him. And this Packers defense is primed to get even better than they were in 2019. Keeping the core of Z, Kenny Clark, Jair Alexander, Darnell Savage, and hopefully Rashawn Gary together for a long time. You add in Preston Smith, Adrian Amos. You know, Clark is an anchor to that group of guys. If you don't bring him back, how are you going to replace that production up front? There's no one anywhere near Clark's level up there that you can remotely look at and say, okay, I can be comfortable with them up there if Kenny Clark's not on the field. 
We're talking about Dean Lowry, Trayvon Hester, Tyler Lancaster, Montrevious Adams. Adams, we can safely assume, is probably not going to be back after this. Those, all those guys are many, many miles from Kenny Clark. That's, it's not giving me any comfort. You know, if, if they had a Mike Daniels during his prime days, okay, that's helpful. You know, to think that those two played together at some point, I just wish that a little bit more had come out of it because it was, you know, they would have been such a great duo if Daniels stayed healthy and Kenny Clark had come into his own at that point. They could have been so dominant. Kind of like what Minnesota had 10 years ago in the interior of their defensive line when they had guys like Kevin Williams, Pat Williams together, the Williams brothers, dominant. Speaking of Mike Daniels, it sounds like he is, if he has not already by the time you're listening to this, going to become a Cincinnati Bengal, so he'll get another chance to career after a season in Detroit in which he battled through some injuries and didn't do a whole lot. He will be leaving the division and leaving the NFC. Mike Daniels will be a Cincinnati Bengal, it sounds like. So we'll have to to keep an eye on what goes on with Mike Daniels and wish him well there. In the case of David Bakhtiari, this is really simple. You know, it's really simple. If you want to make a case against Kenny Clark, I guess you could try. But David Bakhtiari is a Pro Bowl left tackle. You hope to get one of those guys with a top 10 pick if you're drafting. And many of those top 10 guys don't even pan out. But that's where you find your franchise blindside protector in the top 10 of the draft. Every single All the elite tackles are drafted early. Some are taken first. Eric Fisher, Kansas City. I remember when Jake Long was drafted by the Dolphins. So you take your offensive lineman early in the draft. David Bakhtiari was a fourth round pick. Everyone knows that. Another mid-round gem for your Packers in a long line of guys that have put on the uniform. Josh Sitton, TJ Lang, Mark Tauscher was a seventh rounder the same year they took Chad Clifton in round two. Corey Lindsley, round five in 2014. You just simply do not, cannot move on from a franchise left tackle for any reason other than you have severely mismanaged your salary cap or your roster. Again, like Clark, if you decide you can't pay David Bakhtiari and you let him go, who are you going to replace him with? A more expensive veteran tackle or take a chance on a draft pick, which is no guarantee. Why? Because of the money? Aaron Rodgers is the quarter, Packers quarterback for all conservatively say at least this season, and there's a chance he's back next year too. You have to protect your passer, and Rodgers isn't the nimble runner he once was, okay? Even if it's Jordan Love time, Jordan Love season, you have to protect a young quarterback who's learning the NFL and the Packers offense at the same time. Most important part of that protection is David Bakhtiari. At left tackle, you pay him. You know, some of these arguments about the money and it's going to be prohibitive and the Packers are going to have to make sacrifices down the road. Well, you know, the suge- and, or the suggestion that the Packers should trade either or both of these guys because they're, they're, then they're out there is a balloon that just does not have enough helium to... Why? So you can stockpile draft picks for the future that you then have to use and hope they pan out to turn into, you guessed it, Kenny Clark and David Bakhtiari. You have those two guys in-house right now. You want to develop great players. So pay them because you pay them now by the time their contract is up, they're going to be under market value. Somebody else is going to set a new market precedent. The Packers are going to be getting a great value. Yes, they're spending a ton of money. The argument that money is the reason why the, the Packers shouldn't do this because they need it somewhere else. Where? The Packers aren't the team that pays everyone. They're careful and very methodical about who they extend and offer new contracts. You know, I mean, when was the last time the Packers were in Disasterville financially and had to let guys go because of it? Not since the days of Mike Sherman. And he left town and he took Cletus Hunt with him. Does everyone remember Cletus Hunt in that contract? So there is no money problem in Green Bay. They have not had to let premier talents go 
for a long time. And if you had to think back to when it was, name the last player the Packers had to let walk out the door because they couldn't afford to pay him that was that was vital to the roster. You can't remember? Yeah, me either. I, I don't remember. The timing of when the Packers do these deals may be different now with everything going on. So, you know, maybe they would have already extended one of these two guys or both of these guys, or maybe they wouldn't have at this point in a regular season either, but they will get done. It will get done. It will happen. And these guys will become and stay Green Bay Packers for at least another contract. So that is a good place to kind of end out this week. Hopefully some more football news to come soon. I know the college football season is in a state of flux right now. It sounds like there is not going to be one this fall, which is a huge, huge bummer. Those that love college football, I'm thinking about all these athletes whose lives are going to be impacted. The incoming freshmen who won't get a chance to start their college career this year. The outgoing seniors who needed one more year to boost their drafts capital before they entered the NFL draft. Players who now have to decide if they're going to go back to school or not. These are massive, massive ripple effects from college football not happening. It is really scary. And it's one more step in the direction of, even though these are two completely different entities that operate in very different monetary worlds, it does make you wonder if there's going to be any impact to professional sports, specifically the NFL, because of what's happening in college. So we will see what happens there. But again, if you're not already doing it, please follow us on our platforms. Lombardi's Bar, again, tonight with Jamal Williams. Before that, we have the debut of a brand new show with... Two guys that have joined our team that I am very excited to have on our team. Eli Berkovitz and Zach Jacobson will be launching their weekly show on Wednesday, right before Lombardi's Bar. It's called Open Book, and it's driven by all of you, the fans. So Zach and Eli are going to take questions from you and answer them on the show. So submit your questions to Eli and Zach. Follow them on Twitter. Let them know what you want to hear about. Send them your questions. Send the questions to the Game on Wisconsin Twitter account, on Facebook. We'll get it to them. We're very excited to add those two guys to our already loaded roster at Game On Wisconsin. It's going to be awesome. That show kicks off at 5 p.m. Central. And then, like I said, following that is Lombardi's Bar. So Wednesday is turning into a pretty solid day at Game On Wisconsin, if I don't say so myself. Wink, wink, as you're listening from me early on Wednesday. So I mentioned the college football season and, and, and it being in jeopardy, but our draft coverage is absolutely not. Isaac Gregg, Brennan Roop, and Tyler Grezegorek will bring you the profiles and breakdowns of all the players, so stay tuned for that. And for your fantasy football fans, Tyler's also with that group, as well as Kevin Tompkins and Jimmy Johnson. Make sure you bookmark GameOnWisconsin.com and check it out every day for just about any type of content you can want surrounding your Green Bay Packers. Thanks, everyone, for bearing with me and, and sticking with me for another week. I love doing this, and I hope you're enjoying the show as well, too. If you're enjoying what you're listening to, go into wherever you find podcasts. Give us a review. Hopefully, it's a five-star review. Let us know what your thoughts are. Let us know what you like and what you want more of. You can follow me on Twitter. I am at Jason Perone. Everybody stay safe, stay healthy, and as always, Go Pack Go! Rodgers fakes the handoff. Quick throw right side. There's Devontae. From right to left. Cutting left to the 50. To the 45-40. Track down from behind. 